KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. It's a wet one upon us today. Well, it's springtime, end of April. We are sneaking around the corner till May just around the corner as you can imagine what happens in the spring every year it rains it gets wet the plants get happy things get green those trees pop out tomorrow is going to be a great opportunity after this all day rain i know i know all day you know it is what it is but we live in the midwest where we get the beauty of the green stuff that's caused by the rain. Home improvement today. How your home and your place is faring with all this wet weather. Uh, the ground will saturate eventually if we get more and more of these rain days. And there, you know, it's this time of year. It will happen. Sooner or later, we're going to face some saturated soil underground. That's good because the plants, the roots, and all of the green things that we love around the Midwest will use that soil moisture to thrive as well as the yeah the weeds you know mike miller in the camox garden hotline this morning always the things that we take care of some of the temperature triggers that mike miller talks about in the plants also we have similar things in the maintenance realm around recoding driveways concrete uh, asphalt all that sort of stuff so we're really in mike miller's world the pre-emergent that you put down to keep the weeds from coming up, whether on your lawn or your mulch or your garden, whatever it is, that needs to go down about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's when the soil temperature is about there. So with all that sun pounding down, you know, that kind of came and went almost, that soil. But now is the time for that. When the temperature on the soil, the pavement, hits about 70 degrees Fahrenheit, that's the time to start Coating driveways, cleaning and sealing concrete, uh, deck wood refinishing, uh, things like that. Uh, the painting season comes upon us, and the humidity and the surface temperatures are what trigger that. Scott Mosby, KMOX, two hours today. We will have a Helitech guest in studio here a little bit later this hour to talk about the rain, how that affects your home, what you can do, who do you call. Uh, it's kind of, you know, it's just... Uh, it's springtime. Phone lines for you. I am wide open and bushy-tailed, if you will. At waiting for your calls, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Toll-free anywhere in the globe, 800-925-1120, 925-1120. Or if you'd like to tune in and, and take me with you throughout or any other KMOX show, Radio.com, R-A-D-I-O dot C-O-M. Uh, it's an app, A-P-P, an application that goes on your smartphone. It'll tune and follow and go with you wherever you can get either cell phone connection or Wi-Fi connection, whatever it is. So your opportunity is to do that. Also, if you're tuned in listening right now and I say something, occasionally I do say some things that are worth keeping listening and playing over again. <laughs> I know it's seldom, but, you know, I promise I'll, I'll try and bring my A game today. But you can rewind 20 seconds. It's like, what did he say? What was that product? What did that guy ask about? What's the word they talked about? And I try to spell things out like that. But radio.com is kind of your opportunity for 
Huh? What? What? Instant Rewind. So Radio.com or KMOX 1120 AM, always with you, with me. And we also have an AM signal that you, or FM signal, excuse me, you can pick up as well. So 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. It's springtime. Hope abounds. It is the Midwest. We are the ever-indomitable Midwesterners that keep the world turning. Uh, we're a generous lot, so please be careful. All the scams are out there with all of this COVID stuff, man. They're just, you know, we're shut in. We're locked up. We'll link to anything. Well, be careful. Don't touch that link. Confirm. Return to that, uh, you know, look at that little touch on the top thing uh, and look at that bar and see what the URL, which means the at, who am I really responding to? Well, you know, this isn't Google. This is some bad guy. So beware that. But again, as we get into the rain and the green and the spring, the world turns. Uh, we always prevail. This is the United States. We are the Midwesterners. We're the home team. Uh, we're going to talk about it. So anyway, today's show is talking about your home, how to prepare it for spring and summer. Trust me, right around the corner is 80-degree temperature, 90-degree temperature plus. So if you've got heating and cooling units that are aging, the world turns. It's still going on, whether you're at home or at work or on vacation. Whatever it is, your house still needs what it needs. So be aware that there are opportunities now to balance the heating and cooling. There, With the Internet of Things and Wi-Fi or hardwire even, you have the ability to damper flow the forced air air conditioning or furnace in your house. So for those of you with two-story homes, you now can balance that second flow, that second story, by at night shut down the flow to the first floor without ductwork, without all kinds of magical stuff. If you've got an unfinished basement where the heating and cooling crew to get can get to that and put dampers which are open and close flapper stoppers so it stops the flow to the first floor where everybody's sleeping, nobody's there at night, and it pushes that cooling up top. And on a multi-speed or variable speed fan, it can change the speed, slow it down so that it continually uh, serves at a slower speed that smaller part of the house doesn't need to run full tilt because it's not blowing air to the whole house just your bedrooms so all those things are in the works Uh, don't overlook the opportunity for energy uh, efficiency in the world where the price of oil has never been lower for what 20 30 years some silly number it will come back what goes down comes up what goes up come down comes down what gets sick gets healthy what gets healthy gets sick mother nature turns the world with us or without us 3144367900809251120 let's fire up see what's cooking with some friends right here on the phones uh get them going right now and see what's happening how about kelly see what's happening kelly good morning welcome to KMOX. how can i help you hi good morning um i've got a painted concrete porch on our house Um, It's been painted since we moved here, so it's probably been 20 years or more. Um, About half of the paint is gone, and the concrete has started to deteriorate just a little bit. The other half of the paint, I I can't get it off. I've tried stripper. um, I've tried a wire brush, and I, I can't get it off, but I need to either have it all painted or have it all without paint. 
Um, it, once it starts painting like that, there, uh, what you have is the classic painting project, uh, surface preparation. Some of that, the, where the paint sticks right now and won't come off, that's where the surface was really ripe for a good coating, and that paint stuck. Then the other places where somebody walked through some silicone or some oil or whatever, or the moisture gets there persistently, that's where the paint comes off. So the next step here is once you start that dance, you either have to totally strip all the way down and what's known as, you know, remove or or strip it, but pellet blast, which is kind of like little shotgun steel pellets being blown out of a Hoover type uh, vacuum cleaner. But instead of sucking up, it actually blows these pellets down onto the concrete and literally abrades or removes it blasts the top surface you know it's kind of like a skin abrasion you know it just takes the top surface off opens the pores and then it's ready well that's common in you know warehouses commercial surfaces airports things like that uh but for your front porch it's a little unusual because you know it's a full-size truck unit that comes to do this thing even the portable small ones but that's kind of where you're facing if you want this to be successful that's where you're going is to get a professional service come do it or grind this thing yourself kind of with a floor like a wood floor grinder or buffer only with an abrasive open um, grit sand element it's a big deal or you just basically do another bad job by two three years and wait for it to peel off again and then you you know face it so you can choose when you want to dance with the real capital investment of doing it right or you can just do another you know temporary kind of semi bad job and clean it up for a short time <laughs> how's that okay so basically if i if i want it consistent and to last then it's something i'm going to have to get a professional to do yeah, either way. And, and then when you get into that, when you pellet blast it and retreat it and the whole thing, you're going to face probably 40% to 50% of the cost of tearing out and replacing the concrete. So if there's any age or problems with it, then, you know, where you, when you start this consumer search, you know, sooner or later you start considering replacing the concrete. Well, golly. Well, how long am I going to stay? How much is it worth? How long do I want to mess with this thing? You know, on and on and on. So, right. uh, you know, when you open that, pop top can to get into that topic um not only will a real professional coating solution be part of it but replacement as well okay so this wood floor grinder if we would decide to try that ourselves is that fairly successful usually and and like if we didn't even try to repaint it we just left it um you know just left the concrete surface is that i mean is it a reasonable thing to think we could do and do a decent job of it uh, yeah, but the best you're going to get is decent. It uh, won't really be great because you're literally abrading, scarring, scuffing, you know, a pretty hairy uh, grit type uh, abrasion of that concrete in a circular fashion, which is kind of a foreign look for concrete. So, yes, you can. It's worth a try. You know, I mean, uh, they're rental things. Basically, you're going to a, you know, a, a rental place to get a floor buffer and tell them you're doing concrete. And they may or may not have the grids, but they're big round sanding pads, 21 inches in diameter, and they cost a few bucks. So even just to do a bad job at it, you're going to spend hundreds of dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want right, to get down well. there on your hands and knees and grind this puppy away with some little thing that, you know. Anyway, they're just no, once you're concrete is tainted and that's what i consider badly painted concrete or non-professionally painted that that you're into the dance of recoating and recoating and recoating so so even if 
I got like a professional to try to repaint it, that probably won't work very well either. No, it will, but you're going to spend, you know, 800 or or $1,000 to refinish this front porch. And, it, you know, then you get into that number, it's like, well, shoot, I can replace this thing for 1800 or $2,000. Yeah. You know, and that, that's the dance that you get into. And all, you know, if you're not discussing that, then you're not really doing a good concern, consumer research, you know, on this. So, But that's what you face, Kelly, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Good luck. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye now. Off and running front porch. There we go. Do you know how popular front porches are now? Well, you know, now we're at home. Golly, we come in and out and in and out. Spring is on us, and now the front porch, the front door may need a little bit of help. Front porch is like, yeah, we're going to talk about front porches when we go through this two hours. Because, you know, just like looking into somebody's face, the eyes are the uh, doorway to the soul. The front porch is for your home. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, at your service. We'll be right back after this. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We have two hours today. I know it's wet. We're going to talk about that. I've got an expert in the wings waiting to talk about wet basements, how to fix cracks, all those goodies. You know, it's Helitech. So anyway, Bill Cook, I think, is getting his uh, way into here to get uh, connected and such. Well, anyway, stay tuned. If you've got wet and leaky basement questions, bring it on. We're ready, and Bill's ready. So we have lots of time to talk about you. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Front porches, front doors, front entries. When you do, for example, uh, the first question I answered was Kelly, and as she's getting into her concrete, when you replace concrete or when you add a porch or you do a back door or back porch, whatever it is, you have the opportunity, if you're replacing concrete, to put it into a slope you can actually build in if you're doing a sidewalk you can remove that step or two steps up or whatever it is by slope so my point is that as you get into projects like that please look into the accessibility of it because uh you know think about the postal carrier they're always looking down at the mail they're trying to figure out am i getting this to the right house get the stick here you know they're not really looking at the steps but it's your job, my responsibility as that homeowner to keep them safe and keep the barriers and the hazards out of the way. So sometimes we slope that front porch, we slope that sidewalk, and, you know, when we have walkers, three-point canes, wheelchairs, people that just kind of shuffle a bit on their mobility, it's a comfortable, welcoming experience to enter that home, and the feeling of visiting and celebrating is there. So anyway, my point is, think about all the opportunities ahead of you. Let's go talk with my friend Betty and see what's cooking. Hey, Betty, good morning. Welcome to CamWex. How can I help you? Thank you, and welcome to you. I have a problem with my driveway. It's a very small driveway, and it needs to be uh, recalked. I think I'm saying it right. And I've had several people come out uh, to look at it and give me prices, and I am thoroughly confused. Uh it went from $600 to $5,000. Well, $5,000, I could put in a new driveway, right? No, it sounds like it to me on a small it's, one. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, not, very, it's not, not a very big driveway at all. Oh. And uh, I'm just I'm confused. I, I, I want to get it done and, because it will make it look nicer. And uh, yeah. 
um, got any suggestions? I mean, I know, can you tell me if that is quite a price range? Well, it is quite a price range. Uh, uh, There are two different ways to go at this, sometimes three. Uh, And this is kind of generic of any kind of a construction project. Uh, There's the remove it and caulk it or paint it fast. So there's not a whole lot of surface prep, not a lot of cleaning, not a lot of drying. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like on the paint job, you could actually have a house paint uh, proposal like that that ranges from six hundred to six thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's different in there? And and I would ask them. It's like, well, how, you know, what material are you using? Because there's two dollar a uh, tube, ten ounce tube caulk, and then there's sixteen dollar a tube, ten ounce caulk, which is urethane. So the stuff that can be used on concrete can be simple, a two three year last, or it can be a ten or fifteen year caulk. Uh, I do like caulking concrete. However. It's very important to get it clean and dry uh, and and then do a backer rod so that you're doing it correctly um, and then caulk it properly. So I would say that you could actually have a range of 600 to $3,000 and get into that. I would want to peel back the onion a little bit more on a 10 times proposal and the deviant might be the $600, not the 6000 So, right. But I, I hear where you're going, but you kind of, how long do you want it to last? How good do you want it? Uh, and what what experience do you have? Are you going to get this caulk all over my driveway, in which case now I have to pay to clean it or replace it because of the, you know, so on and on and on. Um, be careful what you ask for. You just might get it on both ends. Right. Well, the one up that said $600, he never showed, came back. So yeah, There so, may be a message there. Yeah, there, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I didn't uh, try to call him, but that. Uh, does Helitech do that? Do they caulk driveways? No, um, we do have a handyman service at Mosby Building Arts, kind of named after my father, Sam. So we do SAM, which is a handyman service. You're welcome to call Mosby. Uh, I suspect we'll be somewhere in the middle or a little below the middle of those two, you know, if, if just by whatever. Because sometimes there are people who don't do this, who quote it because they're not very fast at it and there there's some fear in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the people that do it kind of all the time are like, oh, yeah, this will take me about six hours. No worries. We'll do that. Right. Well, but, I checked them out with the Better Business Bureau. I thought that's one step, and they, had pretty, they all had good rating, but sometimes that doesn't mean anything. So I look up Sam, did you say? Uh, just look, Mosby Building Arts, just say, hey, you know, can you, uh, you know, come talk to me about caulking my driveway, and we'll take it from there. And I can do that on the Internet? Uh, yeah, if you want to call, uh, the website is callmosby, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y, callmosby.com. Okay. I'll and, write uh, that down. Uh, or you can call if you like to and leave a message. We'll call you back. That's 314-909-1800. 909-1800? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, I have another question to ask you. Uh, sure. I always have my Japanese maple uh, tree trimmed in fall and in early spring, and um, it was trimmed uh, uh, fall, and it is it is gorgeous. But I just think it needs to be trimmed. Yeah. Uh, but with what's going on with the virus and that uh, company, I usually have it done. Uh, I can understand you know why, uh, but is it? When will it be too late for me to have that trim? You've got I don't a want a lot months. taken off. I just uh, like the lower branches and the you know, leaves and that. 
Yeah. Well, you can do it now, anytime up until about uh, June. Keep uh-huh. in mind the weight and the time to trim anything is after they bloom, before the new buds come out for next year. So okay. you've got about a month or two. So now in all its majesty is not a good time. You're cutting away the beauty. Oh, but once beautiful. all those, yeah, once those fall off, then that, that tree is going to start generating buds for next year and you want to get it before it starts popping out all those buds. So anytime in May or June. Or June, okay. yeah, and the ones that are closed down, the good ones I would wait for, especially with a beautiful tree like that. You'd wait to June? Well, I'd wait for the your pro. I'd wait for that relationship, the person that's been taking good care of yeah, you. Yeah, yes, yeah, very, very good care. Uh, yeah. They're just a small business, so I know they're not operating right now. So Yeah, uh, they're going to they're gonna need a leg up here very soon. So yeah, they I, I, are. Yeah, they are. Okay, so uh, between now and no later than... Like the first part of June, right? Eh, middle of June, you know. It's uh, when it starts getting really hot. Those buds right. are usually set for those uh, beautiful oh. trees. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You helped me a lot. All right, Betty. Take care. You too. God bless you. God bless you too. Bye bye. And that's Betty brings up a really interesting topic with all these uh, small family businesses shut down. Uh, some can keep going and some cannot. And as that virus touches some and not others, uh, you know, the consumers will need to, you know, number one, respect the shutdown or for those that are still operating the, you know, the clunkiness of that safety because it takes time to wear masks and social distancing and all the measures and safety procedures that really required to keep everybody safe. When this starts to open up, which is going to be pretty soon, uh, those little guys are going to really need your help um, as consumers. So now I know we're waiting. But, you know, as a small business uh, person myself, I see uh, the the price of, of, of not working for those around me. We at Bosby are, you know, we're still going because we have the capability to the training and the equipment and, and all of the certifications to do this. Um, not everybody's quite that fortunate. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. When we come back, we're going to talk with Bill Cook of Helitech. It's time to talk about all this rain. If you're looking out the window and you're seeing cats and dogs come out of the sky, you're going to want to talk to Bill. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We'll be right back for more right after this. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Okay, back together, home improvement. Tis the season. It is a wet one. The rain is upon us. It will be the same. We've got some temperatures coming up in the next week to 10 days with, you know, 60s, 70s, uh, even an 80 in there. So, you know, if it's green and it blooms, it's come, It's either doing it now or coming soon. Blooming now as well with all this rain could be a visitor in your home, unwelcome and unwanted. A little bit of water in the basement with me now. I have Bill Cook of Helitech. Bill, thanks for joining me here. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Scott. It's great to be with you this morning. Well, thanks for making the track and coming to see us there. Uh, I, I know it's a busy day, and with the rain upon us, uh, I, I imagine you've got a few other things cooking here, Mr. Cook. We certainly do. Um, with all of the changes in the virus, we have, uh, you know, virtual uh, 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 appointments as well. So I have several of those scheduled today so I can come and diagnose a problem and then step away from the home and uh, do a virtual visit with my with my clients as well. Sure. 
So you're still taking a look at the house, looking for the data that suggests this or that, and then you're prepared to, you know, then speak with people and really, you know, tell them what you're seeing? That's correct. Bill, how do people get in touch with Helitech? What's the process? So they've got some issue facing. How does that, uh, you know, what's the first thing they do? Well, they call um, our 800 number, which is 800-246-9721. And then the girls in the office will assign a rep that is in their area. So people that are familiar with the area and the builds of those particular areas and can best suit their needs. So you understand the terrain. You know what's going on underground before you kind of get there. You're, you you kind of know the topography. Absolutely, because through the, the various municipalities and areas that we serve, um, you know, many are uh, have specific builds that were used in the foundation, be it a turndown footing or a, a full wall on a, on a uh, footing, uh, crawl space, and so forth. So area reps are uh, very helpful in having uh, information before they get to the site of the area and how many of those homes were built. Hey, Bill, uh, what's your warranty like? I understand. He, I know I face, you know, people call and say, well, we're going to sell the house in a year. What, what's important in choosing a foundation company? Tell me about your warranty, please. Well, that is very important. Um, the fact that Helitech is the sound company that it is, and that comes from the ownership and works down through the people all the way through it. So a warranty, of course, is just as good as the company, but we're going to provide a warranty for the life of the structure that is transferable to the next buyer. And what's so important there is because Helitech is a financially strong company, we're going to be here to back it up in 35 years. I understand you fellows are, uh, are hiring. Is it, uh, Tell me about that. Yeah, we sure are. Um, Our backlog right now is nearly eight weeks. You know, the virus, be be what it is, um, doesn't slow down the need for some of these repairs that we do that just can't wait. Um, It's funny that you were talking about front porches. I was at four homes yesterday, and every one of them were issues with the front porch which are so common because of the overdig on a foundation. But I had one gentleman that had a 25 by four porch with four brick columns coming up off of it that sank off the front nearly three inches. Um, We can lift that porch back up for him at a fraction of the cost of replacement. Yeah, when you discuss an overdig, that when they dig the foundation, they dig a big enough area so the workers can get in there and put the forms in. Well, sometimes the overdig on the front porch is a little more generous than that structure might need. So I can imagine you're you're driving some pairs down, you know, through some pretty soft stuff because of how the house was built. Yeah, that's correct. But we're still able to uh, give that same life of the structure warranty because our peers are driven to a known holding strength that's monitored by hydraulic pressure. So we know that we've reached a strata that is going to support that porch and the customer has a repair that will last them for the entirety of that structure. Yeah, you just go through all the sins until you get something good and that's when you uh, do your thing. Bill, will you hang around for a little bit, see what's cooking? I've got some uh, questions and some callers here. I certainly will. All right, Bill Cook, Helitech, hanging in the wings here. Uh, let's see what's happening with my friend Dee. Hey, Dee, good morning. Welcome. Happy Saturday to you. How can I help? Uh, yes, I had called about this before. Uh-huh. Uh, 
I bought a new wash machine about a year ago, and it doesn't get hot water. And you said that the government, the soap will will make the clothes clean. But now with what's going on with the um, the virus, I, I'd like to have hot water. Is there anything I could do about it, or is it still okay that the soap will get the 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 clothes clean. Well, you still should be getting hot water, Dee. Uh, that comes from the house. When you say hot, is it is it hot enough for you, or just not as hot as you want? It's not as it's not as hot as I want. It's really not hot. Oh my! It's like lukewarm. And well, I don't know what to do about this, and it's been over a year ago. Well, it, typically um, that's from your water heater. So the the clothes washer, either the dishwasher in your kitchen or the clothes washer in your laundry area, um, both of those use the hot water as it comes out of the tap. So it gets only as hot as the hot water heater provides. And I will tell you that many times uh, we'll go into a house and somebody's got their water heater turned up so high, and we'll talk to them about it and say, this is scalding hot this can hurt you if you have a very young child or you just inadvertently flip on only the hot you can literally peel the skin off your hand with this hot so we ask to turn down that temperature somebody may have turned down the temperature on your hot water heater as well d to the point that you're just not getting you're getting what the house has well now when i take a shower it's hot and all but my wash machine isn't hot, and uh, I all. don't know what to do about it, and it's turned up pretty high. Do you have a sink nearby that uh, washing machine? No, I don't. Uh, no. Well, what I'm getting at, is there any way to test that hot water? In other words, unhook the hot water hose from the washer, you know, turn it off, disconnect that hose. It'll spit a little bit because of the pressure. Um, and then fill up a cup, you know, or, or let it run a little bit, put a bucket, and see how hot that water is. You can even stick a thermometer in there if you want to test and find out just how hot that water is because it should be coming out the same as, you know, in your kitchen and your bathroom as well. Now, if I turn on, I could turn on the hot water heater. Mm-hmm. I, I can get water out of that. Can I tell if the water's coming out of that? Uh, yeah, but it's down at the bottom. It's got that spigot down near the floor. It's a little hard to get a cup and take a test out of that. Uh, it should deliver through all the pipes throughout the house the same temperature within a degree or two anyway. So there's no real advantage to getting down on the floor with that water heater. Do you think I should call a repairman for this to check it out? Do you have somebody that's handy, you know, just a friend or son-in-law sort of thing, or even a neighbor? You'd be surprised how, um, you know, just a second set of eyes, even for us that know, you know, sometimes we'll have a neighbor come by and say, well, you know, I found out that such and such happened and it blocked the flow of the hot water. So, yes, I was getting hot water, but not much of it, you know. So don't overlook the simple basic things that, you know, even the pros, you know, we miss as well. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I'd check into this, but uh, also, who who hooked up your washing machine for you? Um, uh, I bought it at Lowe's, and they hooked it up. 
Okay. I have somebody take a look at that connection and that water flow and that test, but uh, uh, I'd look for a little bit of help on whether your hot water is delivering hot water to that, you know, appliance or whether there's a blockage or a screen plug because you could also have debris in your water line that may have plugged up the hose going into your washing machine. And though you're getting hot water, you only may get half of it, in which case then the rest of the flow gets made up by the cold water. So you could wind up truly with exactly what you're happening and your water heater's doing fine. Well, so I, thank you so very much. Uh, you're welcome, Dee. Good question. Thanks for the Bye. call. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Bill Cook, and the Wings from Helitech. We're going to take a short pause and come back for more on University of KMOX. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Hey, Scott Mosby here, Bill Cook from Helitech, hanging around trying to help you throughout this uh, wonderful springtime and a unique experience of the virus. Boy, isn't that dandy. May we live in interesting times. <laughs> Home Improvement, KMOX. Let's see what's happening with my friend Crystal. Hey, Crystal, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How may I help you? Well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, for months now, we have had noise coming from either within our home or in the ba- in the basement or underneath our house. It starts in the a.m. and gets increasingly louder during the day, up through the through the night and even into the wee hours of the morning. It sounds like an airplane overhead or a large truck outside our house in the back from one end of the house to the other. Um, Total Comfort has ruled out our air conditioning and heating unit as being the source. Mm -hmm. We we can also feel the vibration on the floors um, of our home. And I just don't know who, who to call or what to do. Well, I think you're doing it right now. Uh, frankly, um, what we do and kind of uh, the Cam Wex Home Improvement Show, uh, frankly, my business, Mosby Building Arts, we get all the weird ones. When nobody else can figure <laughs> out the straight ahead thing, you know, here we go. Uh, right. so, but there's a science to this. Basically, um, your heating and cooling may not originate the sound, but keep in mind you've got this big chunk of ductwork on a forced air heat um, right. that can resonate so you have the arteries and the veins that can carry any noise everywhere all the time so it could be down in the one corner of your house and hear it throughout so what you're telling me actually makes a lot of sense oh. um, the, the sound that you're describing, I think you started correctly with your heating and cooling because it's probably a compressor of some sort. One is an air conditioner. Uh, the other is the blower motor fan in your furnace. The other is a refrigerator. A refrigerator actually has a moving, turning motor that spins as a compressor. And if you have any piece of ductwork that's close by, uh, it that minor little 
sound, uh, just like the ship's captain back, uh, you know, 100 years ago. He would open the pipe and he'd shell, noit, yell down to the, you know, the engine room to put more coal in the in the boy. Well, that that air conditioner, that uh, f- uh, refrigerator, a tiny refrigerator. Uh, I've even seen some um, small compressors, uh, like for pressurizing, and uh, uh, there's a, a instant hot water pump that's on some uh, pipes that pump uh, pipe uh, hot water throughout the house. Some of those little things, if they're in the wrong place, uh, or you get a new refrigerator and it has a different sound, or the refrigerator you put in a new bar fridge, you know, two feet o- So anyway, look for anything that can originate the noise. Um, and Okay. And- if it, and and be quite, when you're saying in the morning till the evening, that's when you're aware. I I would propose that this is going on all the time, and you're just hearing. I think you're things. right. Yeah, I woke up at three thirty this morning, and it was terribly loud. Yeah, I've got about fifteen seconds here, um, Crystal. Okay. So. Yeah, Sorry. just think outside the box, um, but it's probably going twenty four seven, and it'll be some sort of a motorized electric something. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks, well, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Stand by. We're going to have Bill Cook, Hour 2, on CAMWAX from Helitech. KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting. Here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. Okay, back together, hour two, lunchtime, top of the hour, middle of the country, middle of the day, and middle of the home improvement show. We are live and lively. I have Bill Cook from Helitech in the wings ready to help us here at any moment. We have one more hour to go through. We're heading up to uh, retire ready. Stay tuned. Lots of things happening throughout the day here on this shut-in wet day in the middle of the country. Scott Mosby, phone numbers for you to put together for us here at the uh, studio. 314-436-7900 and toll free 800-925-1120 also radio.com remember that that app thing you can put on your smartphone take with you wherever you want also tune in through camox.com or am 1120 or fm signals as well right here on KMOX. Bill Cook is sitting with me in the corner. I will let him out. Uh, Bill, good afternoon. Welcome for lunch. Thank you for your patience. How you doing? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for hanging in there. I know you've got a lot of things ahead of you with this wet day. Uh, you mentioned front porches, Bill. Uh, in Helitech, uh, how many different types of soil are there around in our listening area? I mean, you alluded to having people that know the area from Helitech, you know, being kind of territorial because of the topography. How many different kinds of soil are you aware of, that, or at least that touch our customers? It, it, it ranges and is so segmented um, that because of our uh, time and business and data that we have stored, we, we even have a good indication of what we'll be looking at uh, when we go to a certain area. Um, there, are, there are areas north of 70 that require a, a completely different approach when you're going in to make a repair. Uh, the Chesterfield and Baldwin area has highly aggressive soils that cause yeah. major issues in some of the basements in that area. So it's very important to have that knowledge going in to be able to uh, direct our customers to the right product that will solve their problem. 
Bill, is there something, I mean, can you wait if, if somebody notices something on their foundation or whatever it is, is it, do they, you know, wait and see what happens or is there any, you know, uh, downside to, to calling right away? Uh, what, what's the best action? Watch it and be able to tell the story or, or get somebody to look? Well, in our case, it doesn't cost anything first to come out and do an analysis of analysis of the home. And when we do that, we're going to take documentation and upload it into our system. So many times we're called out later and we don't know if the situation is active or if it has run its course and is dormant. The Mm. sooner you get us out there, um, we can gather information so that if you have concerns in three or four months or after the rainy season, we can come back and we have a benchmark to be able to tell, yes, this is an active situation that we need to address sooner rather than later. The sooner we're in, it's really as simple as this. The sooner you get us there, chances are the less you will spend with us. It's kind of like going to the doctor. If I think something's wrong, waiting usually isn't a good policy. (laughs) That's exactly right. Oh. And in so many cases, we'll come out and there's a, and and be able to tell you that you don't have a major issue, um, and at least give you that peace of mind to know that your home is structurally sound. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are you seeing a lot now? You mentioned front porches. What else? I mean, I would think with the weather and the the rain and such, uh, you know, you've got all kinds of goodies to see. We have. Of course, there's always the uh, water in the basement issues, but myself, personally, I've been seeing a lot of uh, damaged walls with uh, those basement walls leaning in or bowing um, has been prevalent in my recent uh, 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 schedule. Yeah, yeah. Those take a little bit more than, you know, those don't take a little solution. They generally take a little more oomph, heft, and expertise, I think. They certainly do, but we have options. And again, it goes right back to how soon you get us there. Um, We have the carbon bond, which if the wall has just started to bow in, um, we can apply that material and warranty that house. But if it gets past an inch and a half bow, then we have to get into a more heavy-duty anchor, which can double the cost. So, yeah, Yeah. again, the, the, the sooner you get us there, the better off you will be. Yeah, get the doctor to look at it as soon as possible. (laughs) Ounce of prevention or a pound of cure, their choice. That's certainly correct. Hey, Bill, how do we reach you? Phone numbers and uh, website and all that. Uh, How do we we reach out and touch you? Uh, The the phone number is 1-800-246-9721. That can get you on our schedule to get a project specialist out and evaluate your home. And you can always check us out at Helitech.com online.com okay bill cook from helitech bill thanks for sharing your busy saturday with us uh stay safe stay healthy and uh stay busy keep keep on keeping on to help the people in our listening audience you too scott thanks so much all right thanks bill bill cook from helitech uh taking time out of his busy saturday uh i can unlock his chain now we'll let him uh, uh take a little bit of break here uh we've had a uh a caller let's see what's happening here with sarah sarah good afternoon welcome to cam wex i understand you have a little bit of help for uh, d in her washing machine yes i do thank you and thank you bill cook for helitech um great service and i love 
um, your service also and very informative. Glad you're on two hours, especially oh, during thanks. these days. So yes, I have uh, experienced the same situation that Dee described. I have hot water all throughout my house, my water heater. I have two of them. They're both working perfectly, but my washing machine irritates me because even though I have it set on hot wash, the water I can put my hand in and it is very just warm, just warm. Really? So my conclusion is is that the manufacturer of the washing machine has somehow tempered the water so that it's not that hot, scalding hot, mm -hmm. um, that there must be some sort of regulator in there. And I noticed that when I had replaced my washer, which I had had for like 25 years when you could kind of adjust your water. Nowadays, the washing machines in the last few years have changed tremendously. It's kind of frustrating for those of us who have used washing machines for a long time, sorry, but I would suggest um, maybe if she would go back to Lowe's. I've generally experienced and found Lowe's staff to be very helpful, especially if I go in at their non-busy time, so I don't do this on the weekend or during their peak times, but mm -hmm. they would probably roll up their sleeves and help identify the manufacturer and maybe reach out and see if there is some sort of regulator in there because I too am frustrated and I've just concluded that it's my washer. There yeah, are times yeah. if I really want a hot wash, I have a cold water shutoff valve that I just completely shut the cold water off so that mm -hmm. there's no cold water that will arrive in my machine and it the water is much hotter at that time. Ah, so. That's an interesting one for D then. Uh, okay, Sarah, yeah. thanks for the call. All right, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye. All righty. Bye bye. Uh, and that's interesting. I, you know, frankly, in my world, I get involved with manufacturers mostly for dishwashers, kitchens, and appliances and things like that. But then you get an appliance wizard, you know, then we kind of get out into uh, clothes washers as well. Because now when we're remodeling a kitchen, oftentimes with how quiet the dishwashers are and the clothes washers and dryers, we're actually building those under the counter in various parts of the kitchen um, because you can. They, they go in looking like a dishwasher they're the same size they're front loader they go under the counter all, you know so it's so i've i've become a little more aware but uh, uh as sarah was commenting that that's true the uh the appliances probably have evolved but i would propose that so have the fabrics uh you know 20, 30 years ago, most everything was cotton, uh, natural fibers, and they really did require, with the detergents of that time, that temperature of the hot water to make it work. Now we're getting into so many more polyesters and hybrid fabrics and, and uh, uh, materials that uh, I know on dishwashers, they say, no, don't mess with it. Let that temperature work the actual detergent needs, you know, some food to digest for it to unleash the ends and all that stuff. So basically some of it is, you know, I guess my, my, uh, response then to D is, uh, do you really need it that hot? Yes, you can heat up the water, but uh, if you're using uh, not so much cotton materials, I know sheets and all, even those have polyester content in them. So uh, anyway, uh, home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, thanks to Bill Cook of Helitech for stopping by and visiting with us. Virtually as it is, uh, uh, we're trying to keep healthy. And uh, also thanks to Cole Duggar, my uh, producer, Alex Muskoff in Hour One, uh, 
they come in every Saturday and help keep me on the line for CAMWEX. 314-436-7900-800-925. My name is Scott Mosby. This is CAMWEX, and I am just thrilled to be here with you on CAMWEX. All right, hour two, Camelx, Scott Mosby. We have live and lively questions on the board. Phone lines 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120. Right to the phones now. Let's talk to my plumbing friend, uh, Rick, and see what's happening. Rick, good afternoon. Welcome. How can I help? Hey, good afternoon. Uh, I have a saddle valve question. Uh-huh. A few years ago, I remodeled the kitchen, and in doing so, the refrigerator moved from one side of the kitchen to the other side of the kitchen. And the previous owner had an ice maker, and they had the infamous saddle valve on the plumbing pipe downstairs. So we cut the we cut the line going up to the refrigerator about eight inches from where the saddle valve was, you know, the little quarter-inch line, moved the refrigerator, uh, <clears throat> soldered in the proper shutoff like you should, and uh, what's up to code nowadays, for the refrigerator in the new position. But the old saddle valve is still on the water pipe with a little pigtail coming off of it. I've never touched it. It's been a half a dozen years. And one of these days, I got a feeling when I go down the basement, it's going to start dripping and I won't be able to stop it. It, where, Where it is, it's between two rafters. And my thought is if I take the saddle valve off, of course, I have the hole in the pipe. If I cut out a half inch of pipe, to be able to put a, a coupler in there, so to speak, or a union, whatever you want to call it, a coupler. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough. I don't have enough room to spread that a pipe apart to get a coupler in there. How would I repair that saddle valve where it is? if I take it off. Well, a couple of things. Uh, Number one, I like what you're doing. Uh, Ten years of an old saddle valve. It's all a little rubber piece gasket squeezed between a couple of pieces of metal. Sooner or later, that rubber's going to get hard, brittle, cracked, and you will have a dripping leak that eventually becomes a problem. So I like that you're addressing this. Um, One way to do it is exactly like you're talking about. You know, slide those two uh, half-inch couplers together, and then you only get a half lap on them so it's kind of a not so good way the other thing is you can cut out a little bit larger section and put together a threaded union uh similar to what you see on the top of your water heater um so if you go to the top of your water heater you'll see your two pipes going into the top and those uh, union things one threads into the top of the tank and then the pipe comes down so you basically can you know solder one half put your coupler uh, on one side of that cut the section out and then four or five inches to the right you can solder in the piece that goes for that threaded union you don't need a dielectric union just a union and then you can actually put a flared connection on there that is part of the union so that's one option the other one is uh, a, a little bit more clever you basically cut a piece of uh, half inch pipe and you basically solder a copper section of pipe saddled over that hole so you you clean the pipe you know and then you formulate your own thing and and fitting is everything it's like fitting a shoe uh or or eyeglasses you really need that right there and then you clean the inside of that and clamp it down and sometimes i've even seen you know some of the guys clamp it down and they only solder half of it but they use the other half to to clamp with a, a light pressure vice grips or something and then they solder that hole shut with that saddle piece of a or uh, copper pipe on it. Copper. 
Okay, very good. I, I would have never thought about the union, but uh, uh, that does make sense to do it that way, right? Yeah. Put them on both sides and then screw it together when I'm done. Right. Yeah, or you or you can solder one side and and put the union because you're still going to solder the, half of that union on either way. So you don't really Correct. need two ten dollar unions. You can do you know one sixty cent coupling and one you know ten dollar union on the other side. So your choice. Gotcha. Cool. Thank you for the suggestion. Appreciate your show. Yeah, Rick. Great question and uh, way to use a little time at home, huh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks. All right. Thanks, brother. Take care. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, just a few of the tricks of the trade. I've been in this business for most of a half century. You know, I started with tools, as did my brother and two sisters. You know, I was 12 years old before I realized that every family didn't have tools and power saws and sawhorses and ladders and scaffolding and trucks. And, you know, I just thought, oh, doesn't. Doesn't everybody live like this? I mean, it's all I knew. And, you know, my sisters and I, we would dig underground forts in the lot next door, and we had underground forts. We'd hit, you know, well, structures was not a big deal. Just ask Dad. He'll tell you how to do it. So I have some pretty smart builder sisters. Um, they know some stuff and have scared the bejeebas out of their husbands on occasion, removing a wall because Dad said I could. So uh, the, the Mosby family is a colorful lot, uh, you know, often accused, never convicted, but oftentimes active in removing walls, barriers, and sight lines because we know it can be. Uh, let's see what's cooking here with uh, my friend here. Uh, how about my other buddy, Rick? Hey, Rick, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you, sir? Yeah, Rick, uh, Rick with a dirt problem. Oh, great yeah. show as, as usual. Um, Thank you. I, I don't know if uh, Bill's still there. If not, I'll certainly uh, would enjoy your opinion. I have a, what, to give you an idea, a typical walkout basement. The ground on one side of my house is six foot taller than the ground on the other side. And I had this idea that to be able to park a trailer next to my house, I was going to dig out the dirt that's on the sloping ends of, on one end of my house. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, and, and so an excavator came out, and he asked me if I had any water problems. And I said, no, nope, my, my basement is always dry. And he said, "Don't touch it." <laughs> yeah, he, he he refused to to take it out, you know, to make a level spot that I could park a trailer there. And uh, he said, "People would love to have your basement. You have no water problems." And so I'm wondering, you think that's good advice, or was he just gun shy? No, no, no. I think you're getting uh, gold-plated PhD level advice right there, because down below there, number one, that excavator, he knows how your foundation is. So let's pretend you dig that soil down. Let's pretend you do what you just did. Your footing, the actual structure buried underneath, now isn't deep enough in the ground to avoid a frost heave. So from the nuts and bolts structure, you would now have to dig underneath the footing and put in what's called a frost wall or a concrete foundation that goes far enough down that freezing soil doesn't affect it. So when you dig down, number one, you are uncovering the weather protection of that footing or structure or substructure underneath your house. So that 
that's a handful. That you call Helitech, and and it's it's just a handful. Number two, when you dig out that soil, you will encounter the outdoor drain tile, the outside the part that's installed on the outside of that house, and you will have to deal with that one way or the other. So now you've got a source of water that's probably keeping the inside of your house dry, and now you encounter this pipe. You now have to under continue it drain it somewhere else which means you know if you're digging down further away from your foundation usually which means closer to your neighbor than where you dump this pipe discharge gets to be controlled by you know zoning ordinances and you know just morals of do i make my neighbor's house wet so yeah yes you can and i agree with your excavator no you shouldn't okay. well i i appreciate that and you probably saved me a big headache Oh man, I'll tell you once you once you open the can on on that can of worms, uh, those worms just keep on coming. I and and it, they defy logic on how did I get into this much trouble just digging some dirt away. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Scott. Appreciate it. You bet. It. Great question, Rick. Thanks for asking it and sharing it. All right, home improvements. Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to some more callers here. Get some great calls. Good show. We started off with uh, Kelly asking, you know, had a concrete front porch, paint's fallen off. She kind of inherited it. With, you know, it's like, well, I'm trying to make this ugly foundation or this porch better. Well, the issue is once you paint it, usually with the wrong paint, you can't get the stuff to fit to stick. Then you go to the pros and you have the pros come in and pellet blast and clean it. Really, so it's either a pro or don't paint it at all uh then we talked to betty about caulking her driveway and then d had a great question i can't get enough hot water i've got hot water everywhere in my house it just won't come out of my clothes washer uh you know we had a great uh call first hour or second hour sarah said you know i think it's in your clothes washer i had the same problem and then i'm i'm back remembering my old memory tapes in my brain it's like yeah well, i've had this conversation with some appliance wizards that they're they're because of the energy ordinance and the type of fabrics that are now we don't use need nor is the detergent fabricated or made for really hot temperatures you don't need that hot temperature to unleash the cleaning abilities and detergents today both for dishes and clothes anyway so off and running scott mosby KMOX phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 my name is scott mosby i love doing this thank you for coming along and inviting me into your home your car or your headphones not too many uh home repairs going on out in the yard today it's a little wet scott mosby KMOX at your service i'll be right back home improvements scott mosby we are wrapping up our two stay tuned afternoon of experts here on KMOX. lots of fun going on let's check in with my buddy jb hey jb welcome to lunch on KMOX. how can i help sir Hey, I've got a uh, shower base that I recently installed, mm -hmm. and I've done it myself, done everything just exactly the way they said. But now when I step in the tub or in the shower base, I get a little squeak. And uh, I'm wondering if I could go from the bottom and drill some holes through my uh, subfloor and uh, pump in some liquid leveler or something under there if that would help pick up that soft spot. Uh, good idea. Yes, that would be step number three. Uh, number one, JB, did you put a um, drywall cement or low-level cement uh, down when you laid that shower base on the floor? No, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. It, it had the, the 
they've had some like feet and it was kind of a flimsy thing i thought they had like three inch uh, pvc pipe uh cut at a certain length and, and it's all shaved off i guess at the finish so that you were supposed to put caulk under each one of those feet and then set the thing down and i yeah. did but i'm wondering if some of that caulk didn't fall off before i got it in the spot well, I'll tell you what, the pros most commonly, um, for us, when we set something, we will take um, drywall cement or kind of soupy concrete, whatever, some goober mount, some space taker. Basically, it's like Play-Doh in professional form, and we basically right. put it around the pipe, and we set that uh, base down on top of that, and then, you know, throw a couple of, you know, bags of sand or something in there to okay. equate a load. So your idea of filling up the gaps, uh, those little pipes aren't enough area because the plastic base will move anyway, and when that sure. flexes without this material, those pipes Pipes that are in, you know touching the wood will might move sideways and squeak or creak. So, uh, yeah. I, but I wouldn't quite go there yet because you may also have your drain pipe, maybe your two or three inch vertical riser for the floor drain. Make yes. sure that's not touching the side of the plywood because if it moves up and down, you can have this flexing without sound, uh, and you wind up with the pipe moving and creaking on the wood. You follow what I'm saying there? Yes. Yeah, I understand, but I, I, I'm good there. I know exactly my drain is just a two-inch PVC and I uh, yeah, plenty of room. P trap, plenty of room. Yeah, it's not rough. Yeah, yeah. But okay, what about the other thought would be, would I dare try to inject expanding foam in that area to support that tub better? I. Yeah, just exactly like you're thinking, but use a urethane or or uh, or uh, caulk um, because your your foam is a little more horsepower than we need. That's the idea. You need to make up that gap, fill it with something that won't allow it to move. Um, yeah. So uh, a high quality caulk, uh, urethane or silicone, uh, both of which work like glues, won't hurt the the poly base. Uh, so uh -huh. yeah, I, I would caulk up in there if you will. Yeah, but I can't get to it. It has to be liquid, something that'll flow. Oh, caulk will flow. You just have to match your um, caulking spout to the exact diameter of holes. So you're basically injecting blobs of caulk. Okay. In okay. in eight places, so I mean you you're assimilating an after installation uh, injection of what I call you know the blob, if you will. Yes. Yes. Okay. So and I just, like where, yeah, just don't okay. use foam. It's, it's, uh, even the minimal expanding foam can be a handful. Yeah. Well, what kind of, uh, coffee would you think I would want to use then? Just use a one tube per hole or something? Oh, you'll know. You're going to hit refusal after a while. Once you get this stuff blobbed out, you're probably going to squirt a area in about a three-inch diameter. So you're going to need right. six or eight of those, mostly starting at the drain and radiating out. Um, so I, I would not use latex. I would use either a silicone or a urethane, something that has a rubbery um, bearing capacity once it cures. Okay, gotcha. So it's going to be okay. expensive caulk, basically, is what I'm proposing. But the the and the mastery, and I just test it on a piece of wood. You know, take a one by or a piece of plywood, drill a quarter right. inch hole, and then do your quarter inch uh, a caulk spout and see what happens on the other side of that hole. Okay, you know, good. And okay. don't drill through your shower base, brother. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to put a stop on my grill for sure. Yes, sir.
Okay. No, I, I like where you're going, but it's just that, again, those instructions are typically for do-it-yourselfers. There are a few tricks of the trade that we do as pros. It's like never trust the form of that product. Make sure you're holding it up in every place possible, and the only way you can do that is putting a blob of goobers, you know, some, something down there. Yeah. You know, I thought doesn't... about yeah, I thought about that, but then I talked myself out. I said, I'll follow their instructions, and uh, yeah. did. <laughs> I hear you. No, you're going about it. You'll, I think this will work out. And, and be prepared to fail. You may do this the first time, and you know you still have a little bit of something. You'll figure out where it is. Okay, I need to put the next one over here. You'll figure it out. Okay, got you, Scott. Thank you very much. All right, JB. Happy hunting, brother. Yes. Bye bye. <laughs> Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Uh, let's see what's happening. We've got a little help from one of our friends here, Joe. Hey, Joe, Scott Mosby, uh, you have a suggestion for somebody? How can you help us, brother? Well, you had a lady on earlier who had a noise in her house. Yeah. And uh, they were trying to trace it. And I thought, well, you know, while that noise is going on, why not go to her breaker panel and turn them off one at a time until it stops? I She'll love at least that. have a general idea where it's coming from. It's got to be motorized mechanical something, so it would be electrical. Yeah. You would surely think so. Yeah, just be prepared to reset all your clocks and, you know, the VCR that's been flashing for 25 years. Same thing as a power outage. And then you had the guy (laughs) with the the plumbing problem that had the tap-aligned valve. Yeah, yeah, the saddle valve. They used to to make a a coupling that that didn't have a, a, a separator in the center, like a slip coupling. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, the sleeve coupling. I know what you're talking about. You could even make one. If you get one with just a little dimple in it, you can knock the dimple out or file it out. Oh, yeah. Mark one side of the pipe, slide that dude in there, and solder it up. Yeah, and that one, let me see who's back here, uh, was Rick. Uh, I'd forgotten the slip coupling. It doesn't have the – yeah, that's a great suggestion, too, Joe. Thank you. Hey. Okay. Hey, would you like to be on the radio when I'm off? Well, I like to solve problems just like you do. (laughs) And I've been doing it my whole life. So anyway, good luck. I'd like to listen to you. Thanks. Thanks for the help, brother. Appreciate it. All All right. right. Thanks, Joe. All right, Joe is suggesting, um, okay, that is for the noise. That was crystal in hour one. Um, flip off the breakers because it shuts down that electrical section of wire in the house. And it's okay. You won't hurt anything. But all of your clocks that are automatically set microwave and, you know, the the wired clocks will reset if you don't have that battery backup in them. So just be aware. But you shut things off and you, you know, trial and error. You may need to shut something off off overnight you know or a day or two just make sure you're not shutting off the refrigerator uh for a long period of time or the freezer that's a big deal uh, home improvement scott mosby kmwex little help from our friends on university of kmwex scott mosby here thanks again to bill cook of helitech who stopped by to give us a little uh, leg up on the rain today and how, to, how that affects our foundation so appreciate bill uh, stopping by and helping us out let's go to the phones fired up see what's going on with my friend ray hey ray good afternoon how can i help you sir good afternoon about five yes, years ago my wife and i have built a, a new home and the, where the, the metal downspout and meets the a plastic runoff tube that goes underground several feet where that um, where those two different materials meet with the ground settling there's been some separation so there's probably a good two inch to three inch gap between the two mm-hmm. but my question is how do i provide a long-term solution for that so i don't end up getting water running along the foundation 
Well, per- personally, you have a really good opportunity there. You pretty much there's a the it, there's kind of a receiver for a three by four or a two by three font, uh, downspout. Is it glued on that PVC or is it just slipped on there? It's slipped on there. Perfect, perfect. In that case, then you just slip it off, slide it up the downspout. You now have three inches there. You basically get a coupling of the same size of PVC, usually four inch, same material, and you slide that over the top and you get a little, you know, two or three inch piece of pipe that makes up the difference and then you slide your cap down. The advantage of all of that is that all comes off and apart. So during, you know, when you get to June and you want to know what came down out of your gutters, you stuff a hose down that you turn on the hose and you kind of flush it all out so it's perfect to have that extra height i like a little bit of of pipe or underground piping riser coming up that i can pull off because then i can do my ocd kind of you know uh, repairs i just stuff a hose down it and run and look at the other end and i watch all the leaves and gook come out of that pipe so i think you're in a really good place that's a, that's a great problem to have awesome great great idea thank you and don't glue anything, Ray. The the brilliance of having just that coupling slip down on top of that pipe means you don't have to cut anything to do all this. So, you know, the, sure. the problem is going to be how do I get a two- or three-inch piece of pipe when they come in 10-foot sections? So that's usually the issue. Sure. Okay. Thank you. All right. Go get them. Uh, let's see what, who else has been waiting a little bit. Uh, let's go to Karen. Hey, Karen, Scott Mosby here. How can I help, my friend? Um, hi, um, I was calling because I inherited a home and mm-hmm. I'm living in it. And um, it, my parents, um, my dad put a new roof on it in 20 years ago, 2001, 2000. And um, I qualified for some federal money, or I'm not even sure if it's federal, but money to fix up the home. And so I don't know what to have fixed. The uh. heating and air conditioning 20 years old. Um, you know, the roof's 20 years old. I don't know what the priority should be. Well, you have a couple of a uh, couple of opportunities, but the first thing is is you keep the water out. So uh, make sure your TP doesn't leak. Uh, roof number one, gutters number two, uh, foundation. Make sure it's solid. Uh, then you get inside, and once you make the thing dry, and and don't miss the chimney and tuck pointing and that sort of stuff. Because if you put a lot of money inside the house and then the roof leaks or the chimney leaks or something like that, then you wind up spending that money again to refix it after it gets wet. So make it dry, make the outside envelope secure and sound, uh, and then go for safety. That would pretty much be an electrical review, uh, and then that takes you into the heating and cooling. So all the mechanical things, uh, water is first, you know, control your environment, and then start investing in it, number two. So, you know, that would be make sure you have grounded outlets and, you know, your electrical service. Because if you go to a new furnace, you may need a new, you know, uh, electrical service anyway so those are the one two threes yeah okay um so would water be like um the sump pump in the basement too that kind of thing Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a that's a cheap date. So, you know, getting a sump pump to be checked and changed, you know, that's hundreds of dollars, not thousands. So I would go to that one first. Okay. Perfect. Okay, great. Okay, thank you so much. You bet, Karen. And noodle it through. Just think through those one, two, threes, and you'll figure this out. All right. Home improvement. Karen, thanks for calling. Uh, who else has been waiting a little bit? Let's go to John. Hey, John, Scott Mosby. How can I help you, my friend? Hi, Scott. Uh 
I have a house with siding on it. It used to have asbestos mm-hmm. siding, which had paint on it, which would go 15 or 20 years. Yep. Never built up mold at all. I yep. re- unfortunately replaced it with vinyl siding. Yep. And now you have to clean off the mold and power wash it every two years. How can I get that back to 10 years or 15 years without mold? Uh, have a magical, nasty fiber like asbestos, and you'll be right back there again. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the hard truth of it. I exaggerate to, to the obscene to you know to make my point. But uh, when you're using a semi-healthy building material like the vinyl over the asbestos, which was pretty much concrete in slab form, um, now we call it fiber cement. The only difference between fiber cement and that asbestos stuff was the reinforcing fiber put in it. Um, so now that you go to the vinyl, um, it it does take moisture it the moisture will collect and you're bleaching this thing to get rid of that black stuff uh you can put a bit of a you know once you get the stuff scrubbed off and you get it light and bright and clean again you can put kind of a spray car wax on it which buys you a little extra time maybe another year before you clean it but not all vinyl sidings are created equal some formulations have additives that can kind of fight this so uh there were options in your vinyl selection that some better than others yeah, this is an older vinyl. Uh, uh, so you do not recommend uh, painting the vinyl siding? Never, ever. That You're going from the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> okay. Really? I mean, uh, then, why did why did you get vinyl siding or the person before you so they wouldn't have to paint? So once you get into a coating dance, especially on an older material, you know, now you're into repainting every X number of years. And that vinyl opens and closes and longer, expands and contracts that you'll never get the joints where those pieces lap over each other. They move yep. so much, you'll never get paint underneath those moving joints. Okay. So, okay. yes, yes, you can and no, you shouldn't. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you for your time. Okay, John, take care. Thank you. Bye. Oh, bye-bye. Scott Mosby, home improvement. Uh, not time for everybody here on the air, but uh, uh, I want to thank uh, Bill Cook of Helitech coming in. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for Retire Ready coming up here after uh, the home improvement show. Uh, thank you to Helitech and Schleter Painting and Gutter Works for sponsoring this show. It helps me bring this voice to you to where I can share as well as, uh, you know, our ideas like Joe calling in. Uh, flipping the breakers and try that slip coupling. I do want to revisit that for Rick a little bit. Um, uh, Joe called in and said, hey, for that slip coupling where that saddle valve is getting removed, there is a coupling. So, uh, Rick, where you were talking about sliding it back and forth, there are half-inch couplings that don't have the separator in the middle, the little scoring or the little nibs and nubs that stick out. So you can slide it all the way down the outside of the pipe, and that's the piece that you can solder right over that hole if you can get it on, or you wind up using that for your coupling, coupling, solder left and right. Anyway, Scott Mosby Home Improvement, uh, you're all welcome to visit uh, callmosby.com for great pictures. If you're bored and you're looking at cool ideas for your home, Come ahead, bring it on. Uh, we're uh, hot and heavy on front porches. Uh, I love it. If you grew up down on the hill, you know how valuable a front porch is. Home improvement, Scott Mosby. Bye-bye.